0: need a high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look, be your own interior designer. This is Affordable Interior Design, the podcast. Here's your host, Betsy Hellman. Hi, everybody. Happy Valentine's Day week. Are you guys feeling the love? I am totally feeling the interior design love. Lately, I have been working on a lot of projects. I have you know, the client upcoming in Los Angeles, but I'm designing an amazing new build in Texas. We're designing it from the ground up so we get to make every choice from where the outlets will go to where the walls will go, which is super inspiring to say, you know what? I wish this living room had like another foot so we could get an 84-inch table rather than a 72 inside this open concept space. And so instantly, we just move the wall. I mean, that is liberating. Uh, Also, I'm designing a space right here in Hartsdale, not too far from where I am in Westchester. So I've been really busy. And the other night, I'm snuggling down under the electric blanket with my super cold ice water, my computer, the Olympics is on in the background, and I was designing this place in Hartsdale, and I was stuck. I was stuck. I'm generally stuck on one of two things. These are the things that always catch me up. the rug or the artwork. And the reason I get stuck is not because of budget. You can find amazing pieces of art and amazing rugs at all different price points these days. It's not the selection because there's thousands upon thousands of options. In fact, sometimes it's paralyzing because there's just so much to choose from. But it's mostly because those are the two most controversial elements for clients. When you show them a piece of art, when you show them a patterned rug, They either love it or hate it. So I'm anticipating as I'm designing for them, I'm like worrying, what's their reaction gonna be? If I show them this rug, what are they gonna think? And I don't usually have a backup for rugs or art. And the reason is because one of them is typically my inspiration piece, the piece from which I'm deriving the color palette for the entire room. So it's very hard to find two rugs that are the same size, two pieces of art that are the same size, that share the same color palette, that go with my two-word phrase, that match the budget, that align with the client's needs in terms of types of fabrics or color of frame. There's just so many limitations on top of it being the driver for every color in the room. So it just feels like the biggest leap. Where if they tell me, Betsy, I hate that piece of art above the mantle, or Betsy, I'm just not digging that 10 by 14 rug that is pulling the entire room together, well, it's like yanking that piece for my presentation basically makes other things crumble from the pillows to the ceramic lamp base, color to the armchairs, right? Because I want to make them a pop of fun color or an unexpected print that has to perfectly align with this inspiration piece, no pressure. Last night, I was sitting there watching Sean White on the Olympics and sweating it. I mean, not as much as him, but sweating it in my own way. And then I said to myself, you know, whenever I'm sweating it, whenever I'm kind of reaching this sticking point, I usually try and get up, move around, take a five-minute break, stop looking at the computer, reframe, right? Refocus. Uh usually I find that things are marinating or percolating in the back of my mind. So if I just stop pushing so hard, if I just take the pressure off for a minute, by the time I'm done getting my refill of water, by the time I'm done grabbing some ice cream, let's be clear, by the time I'm done tucking my kids in and I go back to the project, I have new ideas. I have some inspiration, even if I've only been away five minutes. And certainly it's even better and even more inspiring if I've been away, like say I just go to sleep and wake up the next day and tackle it. That's when the real good stuff comes. But I got up to get water to like relieve some pressure. I paused the Olympics. And I said to myself as I was walking to the kitchen, I was like, well, this is a pretty good job, right? If my – biggest stressor is that I have to find an amazing rug tonight. If the most you know, challenging part of my job is making sure that I find artwork that inspires me and then inspires them, I think I'm pretty lucky. I think this is pretty fabulous. I think I can totally come back and be inspired or at least have fun. Because even if I do spend an extra 30 minutes, which I don't want to do, Looking at even more rugs, it's still pretty fun. And I really love what I do. So, just feeling all Valentine's y. And of course, it's nice to have a partner on Valentine's Day, which I do, a very loving, considerate guy. It's nice to have family who loves you and pets who love you and, you know, a space that you love. But it's also really nice to have a job you love. And sometimes I think, whether it's the pets, the family, the spouse, the whatever. uh, I think it's easy to take things for granted. And the thing I like about Valentine's Day is if you don't love it, why are you doing it? And if you forgot that you love it, maybe tap back into the love. It's there. If you loved it once, maybe you can love it again. You just need to see it with new eyes. You just need to step away and refill your water. All right, guys, I am no poet, but I'm hoping that that inspired you to take a look at your own lives and tap back into the love, because ever since that refill moment, I have been feeling pretty lucky, and that's a fun shift. All right, everyone, let's dig into your questions. My first question comes all the way from Astoria, Queens in New York, and this is Rebecca. Rebecca writes, Betsy. How do you choose throw pillows for your couch? Do you use the ones that came with the couch or do you replace them? Our couch is dark gray. Our accent chair is dark but a vibrant blue. Thanks. First things first, Rebecca. Absolutely not. You never, ever, 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 ever ever use the throw pillows that came with the couch typically the throw pillows that come with the couch are the same material as the couch. So your couch is dark gray. Typically the pillows would also be dark gray. And accent pillows are meant to accentuate something different to provide some contrast. In fact, all good design provides contrast. So if the items that you're putting on your couch, whether it's a throw blanket or additional pillows, are not providing contrast, in other words, when you squint, If you can't really differentiate the pillows or the throw blanket from the sofa, you're doing it wrong. We need contrast. So if the sofa's dark, we may want to pick lighter throw pillows. If the sofa's a cool color like gray is, we may want to warm it up a little bit with warm throw pillows like yellow, oranges, reds, even a cream, right? Uh, And of course, we could think about doing true colors, ROYGBIV Biv colors, right? Not just neutrals. In fact, that's what I tend to go for with throw pillows. And you know, as you guys know who listen to my podcast all the time, I regularly change out my throw pillows. I get sick of my throw pillows once every eight months. And changing the throw pillows Changes the entire vibe because I recommend that, like a standard sofa, just a straight sofa that's between 75 and 85 inches in length, would have four pillows two sets of one type of pillow, two sets of another type of pillow. I usually do one solid that has texture and one set that is a pattern. Uh, with a sectional, I recommend at least five pillows. So my sectional has five pillows, much to my husband's chagrin, but I use the pillows all the time. When I'm laying on the sofa because my husband wanted a deep, loungy sofa, I always have to have one behind my back. And when I'm reclining and sourcing for clients, I always have one not only behind my back, but also behind my head Sometimes I like to have one under my feet. I'm always using those pillows and they bop around the room, they sit on my armchair. Speaking of armchairs, you mentioned that you had a dark, vibrant blue. Well, when I'm selecting throw pillows, I don't just look at the one other element in the room, though I'm looking for contrast so my pillows would not be a dark, vibrant blue. But what I would do is I'd go back to the reference point, which is always the inspiration piece. In your case, Rebecca, it might be a chair, It might be a rug, right, that has a pattern that has more than three colors. So maybe one of your chairs is the blue and maybe another chair is heavily patterned, say anthropology, and it has lots of colors that we could pull from to create our color palette. So it's usually an upholstered piece of furniture, drapes, artwork, rug. That would be your inspiration piece. I would go to that inspiration piece and select my 60, 30, 10. We already know that probably your 60 or your 30 is that vibrant dark blue, but we still need to pick the 10% color and the other color, right? We'll just say it's the 60%. Because we don't want this room to get too dark. And if I have a super dark couch that's gray and a very dark armchair that's blue, we need to lighten and brighten and also we need to warm up the space. So while I can't tell you exactly what to do without seeing your inspiration piece, even though you can tell I want to, my inclination is always to tell people exactly what to do. What I can say is look for the contrast. Design, good design, is all about opposites that attract. That kind of relates back to Valentine's Day too. Do you guys think that's true? Opposites attract? My husband and I are very opposite in lots of ways. But whenever we have the most fun and get along the best, it's because of our similarities, in my opinion. What do you guys think? I know this is not a relationship podcast, but I listen to all of those too. And now it's time for a quick commercial break. links. And when you go there, you will see links to our YouTube page, our Instagram page, our Facebook page, and more. Please check it out. Follow and subscribe so you can see everything I'm talking about. Let's go to our next note, which comes from Charlie. And Charlie writes from Indianapolis. Hi, Betsy. I'm going to keep it quick. I'm a huge fan of your show. I want to thank you for all the advice you've provided through your podcast. I've designed both a vintage apartment and my first house, which is a 1940s bungalow, and all of it was done following your guidance. Now, here's my question Do you have any couch covers you can recommend? I have a cheapo couch that I purchased with the intention of keeping it only a couple years. Three years later, it is now pet damaged and it's showing its age. With the supply chain issues and not being sure how long we're going to stay in our current home, I am keeping it for longer than I'd like to. But I will be replacing it within hopefully the next few years when we move to our forever home. Throw pillows and artfully draped blankets just don't adequately cover all the cat scratches. So while we're stuck with this less than ideal couch, I've gotten the okay from my wife to find a leopard print couch cover if I can. Whoa. The style of our living room is sophisticated luxe maximalist. We love loud patterns. I know you don't love printed furniture, so I am ready for a Betsy Smackdown. But any, invite, any advice or guidance would be so appreciated. Do nice couch covers even exist? Should I get a nice blanket to tuck into the cushions instead of a stretchy cover? Help! Sincerely, Charlie. Charlie, I'm just going to keep it real right now. You do need help. For any of my listeners that have the ability to hop over to YouTube, you are going to want to see Charlie's home because Charlie is definitely a maximalist. Looking at his home, there's lots of draping ivory. I think I can see a palm in the corner. There's a heavily printed rug, a cow printed pillow. A gallery wall that's got an eclectic mix of both pictures and kind of embroidery and frames. A kidney-shaped coffee table, an emerald green wingback, a Tiffany-style lamp, and thick teal drapes. In addition, there is a floor lamp in the corner. And, of course, it doesn't just have one shade. It has three shades because Charlie is a maximalist. Charlie! There's also, I forgot to mention the plaid ottoman in the corner. You've got a lot of look going on. And I really appreciate when people tell me that they listen to the podcast. That warms my heart and adds to our downloads. I'm so, 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 so grateful. But what I like even better, Charlie, than people who listen to every show, is people to deeply listen to a few shows and then take the advice to heart. Because I knew right from your email, before even opening the pictures, that you were on a tough path with lush maximalist. I guess you wanted to feel lush and be maximal. Okay, well, my problem is not with the word lush or the maximal nature of your style, but more with sophisticated. Because it's like sophisticated and maximalist are not jiving with what's going on here. I love patterns. You know, I do. But remember, they have to be of a different scale. And right now, there's a few big patterns. I don't know, Charlie, we got to get focused. I can't find your inspiration piece. I can't find your pattern scale. Uh, You know, sometimes when there's stuff all over, There's one element missing, right? If you've read my book, there's a checklist that says, you know, do you have this? Do you have this? As you're finishing your room, the thing that your room is missing, Charlie, is good chi. That empty space or empty spaces, ideally, just a few pockets where there's nothing going on. One wall where there's no art. One nook where there's no plant. For your eye to rest and settle, where your good energy can spin and live because there's nothing else cluttering the space. I think, like Chanel said, right? You put on your jewelry and then you take off one or two pieces. Obviously, you can tell I'm not a Chanel uh, devotee, right, right? Style is not my forte in terms of clothing, but I think we need to critically look at this room and remove a few pieces because it's a little overwhelming. Uh, That being said, I totally get it. I'm also in limbo, Charlie. I'm not yet in my forever home, but I don't want to invest in my current home because I know we're moving and those items may not fit. That being said, a standard sofa almost always fits in every home. So if you're looking to buy a new piece, just make sure that the sofa is between 75 inches long and 85 inches long. And whether you move to a home with a small living room or a home with a larger living room that you can just augment with chairs, it will almost certainly work. If you know that the next space you're moving to is going to be a home with a large living room, if you already have a sense based on your sort of punch list or deal breakers, then you could even skew for like 85 to 95 inch sofa. And if you did want it to have a chaise, just make sure that the chaise is reversible. And that gives you a lot of flexibility. Because to answer your question, there is absolutely no such thing on the market right now as a good slip cover for your sofa. And I can certainly tell you that there is no such thing as a good slip cover that's in a leopard print for your sofa. The leopard print with the cow print, Charlie, is going to push me over the edge. It just is. Unless your next move is like to an exotic animal farmhouse. And then maybe we can talk, right? Charlie exotic. Is that the next move? But I do think that maybe strategically tucking a blanket could be a good idea. The problem with strategically tucking a blanket and the problem with slipcovers as well is that they get schlumpy frumpy. So when the dog or cat jumps on the sofa, when you sit on the sofa, it's going to look ill-fitting and you're going to have to fix it every time. And perhaps it's gonna look even worse than the cat scratches right now. So I would suggest maybe just investing in that sofa that meets the size requirements. And then you can try a pheromone spray. Have you tried that yet, Charlie? Pheromone sprays you can easily buy on Amazon or any pet store. They're supposed to deter, deter pets from scratching, or from being attracted to that furniture. I sprayed it on all my furniture and my cat's pretty well behaved, Uh, so that's good because she's actually very naughty in other ways. She's a biter. She's a biter. But um, try the spray, but just make sure that you try it on the underneath first, a spot where you can't see, so you can make sure that it doesn't harm the fabric before you spray the entire piece. But there's a few suggestions for you, Charlie, and a few guardrails as you're considering your next move with the most important piece in your room, the sofa. Next question. Just plowing through them today. My next question comes from Renee. Renee is writing in from Atlanta and she says, Betsy, what should I keep in mind when picking paint colors for a windowless basement office? Basements get creepy. Ours originally came with plush red moldy carpet and a yellow ceiling tile filled with mouse poop. My husband is handy, and we're confident we can paint the concrete walls and the paneling after we finish carting all the clutter to goodwill. All right, Renee, let's get in here. Whoa, you do not want to miss these pictures, people. So yes, it is a fully wood paneled a basement room. Well, I should correct that because now I've looked a little more closely and it's not fully wood wood paneled. It looks like on the left and right sides, it's cinder blocks. And yes, it looks like carpeting or like concrete down below. And yes, the ceiling tiles appear to be missing. So now you can kind of see the pipe's And other things. And as you head down the stairs into this panelled cinder block basement, you also have like this kind of trippy um, mid century retro fruit stripe. Do you guys remember fruit stripe gum? This wallpaper reminds me of fruit stripe gum. It looks like it's purple and orange and yellow, maybe a little green. Anyway, I think there could be shag carpeting on the stairs. Is that happening? Wow. Wow. Well, you've got a lot to do. And so I'm so glad that your husband is handy. And I hope you go back. Last month, I did an episode on how to cover wood paneling. And it is so, so easy. And I think it will make a huge difference. How to cover cinder blocks is a whole nother thing, which I have not had um, the opportunity to do yet. So you may just want to consider painting those, or you may want to look that up separately because, yeah, I haven't designed a prison yet or a cinder block basement yet there's a first time for everything but you know the thing that you want to think about as you're designing a basement is that basements tend to be cold and cavey especially ones that don't have big windows don't have a lot of natural light like your case mine is the same we have one window but the basement does not get a lot of natural light it has you know rock walls because we have a rock foundation. It's not the most inviting space. So when I was thinking about painting it, when we were adding new vinyl flooring, I made sure that I chose things that warmed it up. Now, I don't mean like accents or even wall paint, but I mean those neutral foundational elements. So when I was adding in the flooring, I made sure that it was like a wood style vinyl. So that way it warmed up this otherwise cold basement. When I'm working on basements in terms of paint, I avoid gray. I avoid blue. I even sometimes avoid green. Those are cold colors, even though blue, green is less cold because it has a touch of yellow. But really stay away from those grays, for sure, because you're just adding to the cavey feel of an already cavey space. So I'm always trying to think, how can I make this space warmer, whether it's using a different type of bulb that's not so blue or stark white, and maybe a little bit more yellow or warm, whether that means warmer paint in terms of ivories or beiges, uh, just any you can do foundationally to make it feel warmer rather than cooler. I hope that makes sense and I hope it inspires you as you start to select some finishes for your basement, Renee. Keep us posted. Speaking of keeping us posted, guys, the best way that you can reach out is go to affordableinteriordesign.com slash podcast. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash podcast. Send in your questions, send in your pictures, and make sure you check out our YouTube channel. There's so many fun videos. If you want to see Renee's Fruit Stripe Basement, if you want to see any of the things that we talked about today, head over to YouTube to check out the images on our videos heck, you can even see what I look like. So many times I'm listening to my favorite podcast and I'm like, I feel like I know that person, right? And I feel like I have a very clear image of what they look like in my head. I head over to their YouTube channel. I go check out their website. I go to write a review and I see a picture. I'm like, oh my gosh, you are not at all what I thought. And so many people, when they call to talk to me about the Academy, when we hop on Zoom together, they say, Betsy, wow. I mean, they never tell me that they expected me to look different, but I bet they did. So if you want to see what I look like, head on over to our YouTube channel, and I will be back with you again next week. Bye. Are you a fan of this podcast? Do you wish there was even more juicy content for you to sink your ears into? Well, there is you can become a premium member of this podcast for $5.99 a month and get full access to an archive of over 50 bonus episodes additionally we release a bonus episode amazing check us out at affordableinteriordesign.com click on podcast to learn more and to become a premium member today a big thank you to our amazing producer katherine heller